All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. A perfect January? Who cares? The Oilers were really good. They'd have a perfect February, too. Let's get into it with the lead. (laughs) First it was they don't beat good teams, and then they beat the Nashville Predators, and what? What? No more excuses. It's time to accept that the Edmonton Oilers are a Stanley Cup contender. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, streaming live from the Sports Closet Studio, as we do here on a Monday, January 29th. And the Oilers' January schedule has come to a close, and not Mm. one single L has been added to the column in the NHL standings. You're looking at it right there. 11 for 11. Four wins on Tuesdays, three wins on Thursdays, four wins on Saturdays. Liam, They won road games. They won home games. They won games against contenders. They won games against pretenders. They won games that started at night. They won games that started in the afternoon. Low scoring, high scoring. They honest to God did it all over the last month. And it's just insane to look at this and see nothing but 11 green check marks. We had high expectations for this month, but we both said they're probably they might lose two. Mm-hmm. We picked us nine and two. Nine. We did this on ON radio and the yeah. clip actually popped up on my TikTok like two yeah. days ago. We went through the schedule and we said, even if the Oilers don't play at their best, they should go nine and two. Yeah. And they didn't play their best and went 11 and 0. Is that right? Yeah. 11 and 0. Yeah. It was quite, quite a remarkable month. And to finish it off with, 
a nice win at home, a nice matinee win at home against the Preds was uh, was nice. Also, uh, breaking news. I know this is big for Liam. Liam will be distracted for the remainder of the show. This could be special. Devin Shaw is on waivers. <laughs> I'm being teased. And I know what's going to happen, and I am ready to be hurt. You are going to hold that Devin picture of you and Devin Shore tight tonight. I'll be sleeping in my Devin Skull jersey. I don't think it's going to happen. What a return that was. You have a Devin Shore jersey. I do. That's right. What a boy. Bring him home. Dude, 10 years from now, that's going to be way funnier than it is right now. (laughs) People are going to, I'm going to wear it to games, and people are going to say, who? Who is that? <laughs> is that sure? your last name, sir? And then, yeah. And then I'll show him the highlight of his unreal goal this season. Oh, the one goal. The yeah. One goal, yeah. And that came when the Oilers were really in the shits, too. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, God, Yamamoto has three goals. Devin Shore <laughs> scored on breakaways. The Oilers are in 30th. Uh, how uh, far we've yikes. come. Okay, let's get into things over in the YouTube chat. The YouTube chat today is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Um, We're going to do the whole usual run through things here, but I really want to know what the people are saying about this 16 game heater. Dukes is in with the first comment and says, sweet 16, baby. The win streak is now old enough to take a driving test. Let's go. (laughs) And yeah, I love this one too, Aaron. The little, it's always sunny. Shout out. The gang goes on a 16 game heater. Uh, Nick is in. I wonder if Tyler can get the wit dog on here. You know what? I care about the audience. And I do know that us sharing guests we're in conversation uh, with has really hurt us in the past. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Looking at you, Chris Osgood. <laughs> Certain former Oiler who just signed in the Czech League as well. But don't oh. careful, Liam. There has been communication made with the wit dog. <laughs> and there is mutual interest. I don't know why you do this. I want to get the people going. But why? Because they're going to hate us all so much when he doesn't come on. But to be fair, yeah, fair, fair. But he did say he wants to do it. So special. I don't know. It would be nice, Ryan, if you're watching. It'd be be good to have you on. I've got many questions. Me too. I I have a lot. I have a lot of questions for him as well. Question number one. How long did it take for you to, because when he was in Edmonton, yeah, wasn't great, was it? The first time he was ever health, a healthy scratch in the NHL, wasn't it? I think that's putting it nicely. Yeah, yeah. there's the ankle so, problems, all that stuff. I'd be curious to know, like, when did he kind of turn things around a little bit with the city? You know what I mean? Kind of like forgive us a little bit, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Maybe I'll ask him. Dave is in says, how many losses was Tyler predicting again? I think I said nine and two was my prediction at the beginning of the month. I did that whole walk through the chart. I think and both I said nine, nine and two. Yeah. We both said nine and two. We had a loss to Detroit. And then we said they were going to lose one of Toronto or Seattle. I, yeah. Like look at those two weeks, right? Like, yeah, they were all tough games and they all, all tough in different ways. And like, like, like the week of Chicago, Detroit, Montreal. I mean, it's not exactly a gauntlet of elite teams as a historically. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they're all difficult places to go and play. And I think that was proven in all three of those games, but the others found a way. And then the following week, it's like you got three teams who are contending to be playoff teams. Say whatever you want about Calgary. They're right in the mix at the moment. And it's a battle of Alberta. You never know what's going to happen. And Vladal was pretty good in that game, but luckily for us, Stuart Skinner has been, I'll say it, the best goalie in the NHL through January. Yes. Connor Halibuck's been unbelievable. Never heard of him. I was looking at the numbers uh, since the start of December. So granted, not the start of January, but this for Stu, this puts him with the best goals against average. And I think he's second in the NHL 
in save percentage. The other number that I've just been obsessed with when it comes to Stuart Skinner, because I think it really does paint him in that elite group in the NHL. Game started with a save percentage north of 900. He added another one to his collection. He's now tied with Thatcher Demko for second in the NHL. In 22 of Stuart Skinner's 33 starts, the, oh. he has had a 900 or better save percentage. That is a wildly good percentage. And if you take a look just at goalies who have, say, let's set the mark at 15 games this season, Stuart Skinner, that percentage is fifth in the league at 66.7%. The only ones who are better, both Swayman and Ulmark are ahead of him, but they've played seven and 10 fewer games, respectively. Montembeau is better than him. He's played 11 fewer starts, or he's got 11 fewer starts, and Aiden Hill's ahead of him. Uh, and he is... 16 fewer starts. So yeah, I present you some numbers. Sure. Give me some numbers, Liam. Through January in nine games played, Stuart Skinner has a 953 save percentage. Connor Hellebuck, you may ask, only a 940. Thatcher Demko, let me just scroll down a little bit. Oh, there oh he is. <laughs> 926. Goals against average. Next question. Uh, 1.33 goals against average for our boys, Stu. Very good. Let me just Cook. scroll down to, oh, there's Hellebuck. Uh, 1.78. Not quite as good as 1.33. Uh, Demko, where's Demko? Oh, there he is. Uh, 2.39 for Demko. I know what else you're thinking. How many games have they all played? Mm-hmm. I was just about to ask. Stuart Skinner played nine. On a Hellebuck, nine. That's your Demko, 10. How many losses? Stuart Skinner, zero. Dr. Demko, one. Can I? Halibut, three. <laughs> can I float you a little question? Go ahead. If this was an Olympic year, we were seven days away or a couple days away from the players going over to wherever the hell the Olympics would be. How many Oilers are Olympians? Four. Oh, yeah. Skinner, Evan Bouchard. You think Evan Bouchard makes the Olympic team? I bet he could make the Olympic team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Yeah, the locks are McDavid, Hyman, Skinner. Yeah, like Skinner that. would honestly probably be the starter yeah. for Team Canada, knowing what we know about Carter Hart. Yeah, they lost the guy, didn't they? So yeah, that that is not exactly uh, like it's not exactly a big pool of goaltending. Drysaddle will probably go for Germany. Ekholm yeah. might go for Sweden. Yeah, I think Ekholm will go for sure for Sweden. So there's five for Just looking at that. Yeah. Like, I don't think Nuge would make the team. No, I don't. Last year he would have. Last year he might have. Yeah. I, I don't think Darnell Nurse would make the team unless he was maybe like the seventh defenseman. I don't think Bouchard would make it just because. Why? Because they have Makar. What yeah. you need Evan Bouchard to do is overshadowed because Makar will just run your power so play who would you. you have? Makar. I don't think of anyone. Petrangelo still good enough? No. Uh. Maybe I'm thinking about. Okay. And I don't want, if this gets it. clipped, I don't want Clip it. the chart boys are going to be coming at me real hard Whoa. for this one, Clip it. but this is not my personal opinion. This is not paid for by the campaign office of Tyler Uremchuk, but it's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Knowing what we know about the way they usually pick these teams. Darn owners would probably have a better chance of going than. Yeah, he might. Card. He might for sure. I think they both be, in their own way. Like maybe Bouchard is a little bit of a, a tough sell. Like just looking at this, like McCaw, Dobson, uh, honestly, Josh Morris is probably more in the oh, conversation. Morris would go for sure. Uh, maybe who else is Ekblad goes. Ekblad, like Weeg is probably in the conversation to be fair. Devon Taves. Oh yeah. Your top pairing is, is without yeah, a doubt Taves it, and like, McCaw. I don't think by any means if 
if he was to go, like, you know, I bet Brent Burns is still in the conversation, to be honest, yeah. to an extent. Like, they like bringing up those guys, don't they? Uh, Dougie Hamilton, yeah, that's a good one there from Spencer. If he was healthy. If he was yeah. healthy. So, yeah. I, I just think that, like, Shane if he was Tidor? to go, like, maybe he's, like, a seventh guy. Like, I don't think it's... Uh, he, he would be in the conversation. Like, how can he not be? He is yeah. fourth in the league in uh, goals by uh, points by defenseman. Fifth, sorry. Yeah, so your top pairing would be Taves McCarr, and then you would do probably be running Dobson Morrissey as your two pair. Um, and then, yeah, probably Ekblad, Uyghur. I don't think Morgan Riley would be in the mix. You no, guys. I, I don't think so either. Who is uh, that one? Dougie Hamilton. Oh, yeah, Drew, yeah, Drew Doughty would make the Olympic team still. They would want the vet. I think they would take. They would take the vet. Uh, do you know? Then they would take like Brent Burns instead. I mean, I think both those. No, guys you take. The I, they would take Doughty, Doughty and Ekblad as a third pairing, just to eat, eat that minutes. Really good. Actually. That'd be really good. And Doughty. then your seventh D man could maybe be Nurse or Bouchard. Mm-hmm. Someone I said Shea Theodore. That's a good one. Petro makes it. That's a good one. Like I don't think. Yeah, an Oilers defenseman doesn't make it. Echo makes Team Sweden, but not, no one not makes. I Canada. think he's in the conversation a little bit more. Can we go back? When was the last time the? NHL players went to the Olympics. So 2014. 20, let's have just a quick peek at that roster. We got a week off here, folks. Yeah, I was going to say this is this is prime like sports talk radio. <laughs> the team you cover doesn't play for ten days. Like we are talking, we are breaking down. We haven't even broken down the game yeah, the win over Nashville. We should do that. Let's table the Olympic. Talk. I got it right here. Okay, no, but you know what? No, we could do. I'm going to task you with giving me your Olympic roster tomorrow. And we'll do a full Ooh, reveal. Full I'm reveal. Do it at the end of the sh- by the end of the show. No, let's get a graphic. Like and let's, let's crank it up a little. You Liam's Olympic roster coming remember tomorrow. Last time we did this, and you said my team would have won. Yes, I do remember when we did that. And my team would have won. That's all in your mind, Liam. Make believe land in Liam's brain. <laughs> well, let me tell you the blue line at least from 2014. Ah, okay, fine. Then we're getting back to Oilers talk. Okay, that's fine. Like listeners are dropping like flies. This rising. Yeah, it, it's going up. Uh, Duncan Keith, Dan Hamhus, Jay Weber, Drew Doughty, Jay Bomeister, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, and PK Subban. So they took eight defensemen. Dan Hamhus, that's a blast from the past. Former Oiler Duncan Keith, guy who got beat up by Nuge. <laughs> Dan Hamhus. I don't know anything about the other guy. Yeah. Just the most random name on this list, and I completely forgot he was on this team. Uh, Matt Duchesne was on the 2014 Olympic team. Goddamn. That guy, I guess he was a third overall pick, wasn't he? So. Ooh, dangerous weight. A nice Liam PowerPoint could be fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Maybe more, more of a Google slide. Can we mail it in and the best ones get shown to the group? Sure. Yeah. Can, yeah, I'll Sure. Send them. me some Olympic teams. Yeah, DM us. Yep. Actually, I don't really read my DMs. In, Instagram DM me. Also follow me. If you Jack, Instagram DM me, I might show it. Jack says, Liam, are you growing your mustache as long as the Oilers winning streak? That mustache has been here for longer that than the Oilers winning streak. my friend from England. Hey, what's up, Jack? <laughs> uh, Royal uh, Mustache Podcast. I am uh, uh, I'm a two-year strong, <laughs> one-year strong mustache. It's been a year? Yeah, yeah, I did it last November. Now you're in too deep. You can never get rid of it. I know. I feel like I would like lose a limb. Almost. Yeah. I don't... I don't want to see it without it, if I'm being honest. You guys, I don't know if you've ever seen me without a mustache. No, I haven't. I've never seen my own father without a mustache, so there's that. There you go. All right. Uh, YouTube chat. I know I kind of just ignored you while we talked about Olympic stuff, uh, but you were brought to you by the Charm Diamond Centers. They're proudly Canadian-owned and operated since 1972. More than 85 locations across the country through Charm and their sister brands. You can get a ring custom-built and delivered in less than four weeks. 
with the Charm Masterpiece program. They got an unbeatable pricing policy. For more info, head to charmdiamondcenters.com. Charm Diamonds, home of the pro pose. Let's get into that game with a little moment of the game, Liam. It is brought to you by Seagram's Whiskey, our new friends. We are going to be live in Toronto. Later on this week, Thursday, Friday, we're doing the doing the show live. Liam, you'll love this from the Seagram's VO Whiskey Studio at really? sponsorship esque in partnership with the 2024 NHL All Star Game. We're going to be out there at the Fairmont Royal York doing our shows live, all from the Seagram's VO Whiskey Studio. Canadian whiskey, artfully blended and impeccably crafted, make it your very own. Uh, that's, the moment that's not Toronto. Yeah, that's no, a- that is Edmonton, <laughs> but that is our show in Seagram's Whiskey. That looks. It would be a beautiful city. And every time, you know what? Okay, I like nice. it. Mulek said it. Every time we say we're doing the shows live from Toronto, we got to say from the six. So up to six, Liam. Thank you, sir. There. Yeah, you were just there. How, how was your travels? It was good. I actually didn't go to Toronto. Oakville? I never went into Toronto. I went to Markham, mm. Mississauga, Oshawa, Aurora, and Stouffville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stouffville. Yeah, that's where I went. So I didn't actually see Toronto. <laughs> you didn't see the CN Tower? No, I didn't Where, see it. What airport did you fly into? Uh, the International. Pearson? Yeah. And then I, so you could have looked out the window and saw but the I, CN Tower. I was, it was like six o'clock in the morning when I got there. I didn't really know ah. what to do. <laughs> yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah. <laughs> You'll have more fun this week from the Seagram's VO Whiskey Studio. Okay, here's your moment of the game, Liam. Let's dig into that 4-1 victory a little bit. He says at the 17-minute mark of his Oilers <laughs> talk show. Uh, 4-1 dub for the Oilers. And honestly, just another game where it was never in doubt. Nuge scored that goal in the first period. The power play got going. And that's the moment of the game. It's the fact that the power play is getting red hot. Back-to-back goals in that hockey game. Nuge and Dry both find the back of the net. Um, but the power play clicked in the first period. And I kicked my feet up and just went, they're good. Going into the all-star break on a heater. Yeah, it's kind of power play's been so interesting, isn't it? You're through the streak, it's been irrelevant to this entire thing. To the to the entire win streak has been pointless, hasn't it? So it's uh, it's nice to see him get back and roll in there and a, a nice nice finish by the Nuge. who hasn't been scoring a ton as of late. I think that was his twelfth goal this season. Yeah, only his twelfth on the year. He had been a little cold. It had been about ten straight games for Ryan Nugent Hopkins without finding the back of the net. So a little monkey off the back. And let's just also add vintage nuge goal. I always text bag milk, the checklist, low blocker, (laughs) snapshot, fist pump, Sally, exact same goal every single time he scores. Um, But that one was a beauty. And also we talked about Connor had not been shooting the puck as much on the power play. Nuge had not been shooting the puck as much on the power play. And what made the Oilers so dangerous with the man advantage last year is that all five guys on that top unit would shoot the puck. If they got an opportunity, I was going to say, we kind of spoke about it. Like maybe, I think they're trying to figure out how to use the weapons again. Yeah, a little bit. In a bit. weird way. Like, you have, like, Bouchard and Barry was so different. And I know Bouchard went on towards the end of the season, but I think they're trying to incorporate that a little bit. And it's almost taking things away from everybody else, but not worried about the power play. Like, we keep saying, well, I just said it was like kind of irrelevant, but he was still clicking at like 20%. Pretty good. 22% (laughs) heading into that game against Nashville over the course of their winning streak, I should add. Um, You get a look there. Leon Dreisaitl's 800th career point, and it comes in really the only way you could have it, right? Connor McDavid draws everybody over. Like, look at all four of those penalty killers on this clip. They're all facing that one way. It's crazy. What Um, What was your favorite 
Leon Dreisaitl points. Over his 800? Yeah. Mine was uh, the goal when he scored his 50th against Anaheim. Yeah, that's the one that stood up for And me. he was on his knees and just like fist in the air. That yeah. was cool. There was also the one, I can't remember what team it was, but he was like below the goal line and scored, but he was like a slap shot. That's my favorite. So how on God's green earth did you do that, young man? That's his spot, man. And if he's starting to heat up from there, look out. Con- Our feet just touched twice. Uh, Connor McDavid as well. You want to talk about heating up, Liam. Three points in that hockey game over in the victory, I should say. Sorry, four points in that victory over the Nashville Predators in his last two games. He is up to seven points. You can see right there, leading the Edmonton Oilers in scoring. And he is now tied with JT Miller for fourth in the league. He's got some games in hand on Kucherov and McKinnon and Pasternak, who's also ahead of him. But he's still 18 points back of Nikita Kucherov. And listen, I am not one to sit here and bet against Connor McDavid at any point. Third place, though, probably where he finishes? Or do you think he has it in him to close either the 17-point gap on McKinnon or the 18-point gap on Kucherov? Well, it's interesting because you you would think that McKinnon would cool off, but you also have to put him in the same category as McDavid, right? He's a guy that you can't bet against. So it's hard to say, but the Oilers have some big games coming up to start February to kick it off right after the break against Vegas. Like, McDavid shows up for those ones, and I, I think he... I think he can catch him. Ultimately, I, th- I think it'll be a lot closer, but I think Kucherov and McKinnon will probably just take the scoring title this year, which is fine. But if McDavid and Dry, like he had three points last game, two, three, whatever it was. Who? McDavid? McDavid. In four last Paul game. I said game. That, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Should have listened. I know. Um, <laughs> who's to say he won't have 10 more of those this season? You know what I mean? Yeah, Rusty is in. I've accepted the fact that Davo will not win the Art Ross this year. That's okay. Connor only wants one trophy this season. And there would be, I don't know if irony is the right word, but it would be interesting if the Oilers knock on wood ultimately do go all the way and win the big trophy. Hmm. If it comes in the one year where Connor McDavid doesn't win the heart, doesn't win the art Ross, doesn't yeah. win the rock of Richard, doesn't win the, uh, the Ted Lindsay award either, right? Like if the one year McDavid doesn't have serious regular season hardware is the year he ends up going on a crazy playoff run. It would be interesting. The narrative fit is there too with that kind of a storyline. And I've pushed back on that. People who were like, oh, he's not scoring as much because he's committing to defense. I I don't buy that for a second. Connor McDavid has been good defensively for a couple of seasons now. And anyone pretending that he hasn't been just doesn't pay close enough attention. Yeah, you're not watching. Yeah, you're not watching. So I I think he should get going. Like he's at 1.56 points per game so far this season. You know, that's one still remarkable. Yeah. And I do think Kutrov and McKinnon will come down. And I do think McDavid, we know March is his month. McDavid loves March. He's probably due for a 10 game run where he has like 33 points in it. And that will shoot him back up into the conversation, I would say, but it's going to be a real tough task to catch both Kutrov and McKinnon this year. It's just been so good. Like what's, what's the stat on McKinnon right now? He is. These last however many games, he's only not scored a point once or something crazy. He like scored that. a point in every home game they've had this year. He's such a beast. And that is a team that is flawed, too. Oh, yeah. And it's not a, like, obviously, Edmonton will get talked about and because we're in Edmonton. But like Colorado's goaltending is not great by any means. Like Golgiev is just playing every night. But mm-hmm. 
That's a team. They're interesting. You never yeah. count them out, of course. Also, MVP conversation. Our friends at Betway now have Nathan, McK- Nathan McKinnon in the minuses. He's minus 125 to win the Hart Trophy. Connor McDavid third on the list at four to one. So that's, I think that's a good MVP. If McKinnon? he wants to get picked today, let me just say, like, yeah. It's, that's a team who is has lost a captain most of the season. Uh, Nichushkin is not obviously the same player he was a couple also of years ago. Also not there anymore. Also not there anymore. That's right. Uh, it's just, like I said, the goaltender is not great. Like, that is a true MVP. Yeah, not I agree. David isn't, of course. Yeah, and I think there is. The case with McDavid would be, before this heater, the case for McDavid when they won that first set of eight games, the first eight-game heater that solved all of our problems. It was, okay, McDavid wasn't producing at his usual clip early in the season. And we saw the results. They were ugly. McDavid started to produce at closer to his usual clip, and the Oilers won a ton of hockey games. So there was really no argument against Connor McDavid being the most valuable player to the Oilers back in December because it was like, look how bad they were when he wasn't at his best. Look how good they're doing now that he's at his best. But over this winning streak, like, Who's been the most important pieces of the Oilers? I mean, Stuart Skinner, without a doubt, is the most important piece of this 16-game yeah, winning 100%. streak. Like I said, he's the best goalie in the league through January. And that sh- it's been incredibly undervalued, I think, yep. when a lot of people talk about this team and there's many other guys like we are right here. Warren Vogel is tied with McDavid for the most points over yep. this win streak. Like, it's incredible. 5v5. 5v5, yeah, 5v5. All right, our moment of the game. Uh from that 4-1 victory over the Predators is just the fact that the power play is heating up and Connor McDavid's heating up. And Liam, we joked about it kind of over the last seven to 10 days. It was like, man, this winning streak is fueled by, you just saw the graphic, Warren Fogle leading the team in 5v5 points and Stuart Skinner being the best goalie in the NHL and Ryan McLeod chipping in and the blue line and defensive structure all looking so much better. That's what was fueling the first, we'll call it 14 games of this winning streak. The last two, have been Connor and Leon. And yes. it's 29 and 97 back to doing their usual tricks, the power play back to winning them hockey games. Like it kind of did against the Nashville predators. So that's a significant moment for me. It's just the fact that they're going to go out of their break. They're going to go to Toronto. Connor and Leon will enjoy the all-star game. They're going to go somewhere warm for a couple of days before I can almost guarantee you of that. When they come back, they should be rested and confident and ready to single-handedly keep this winning streak going. My moment of the game was the standing ovation the Oilers faithful gave the team in the arena for the last minute and how Jack just kind of shuts off his mic and lets him go. Like It's nice to, like, obviously, I think it's good that the players see that kind of stuff and the appreciation of, like, okay, you're playing so good right now. So I love seeing it. It was loud. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Our guy McMullet is in and says, this team is now a, and then in all caps, team and yes i think i agree with that they're really coming together and mcdavid said after the game he was like you know when we were down i'm paraphrasing here but he basically said or he did say people were saying a lot of mean things about us and i I, I was kind of i was kind of saying that i was like it's on me connor he watches that's (laughs) hand up hand up (laughs) fan of the show although granted every media member was saying something mean about the Edmonton Oilers, but he just talked about how proud he was that the team persevered through that and it's largely the same group outside of the coaching change right and they found a way to make it happen. Also wanted to give a special shout out to Dylan Holloway, who I thought was once again, very effective against the Nashville Predators. Almost scored a couple of times, but this dude is, he made a play, I think it was in the second period. Yeah, because they were going that way where he just picked it up and like you could tell his first instinct when he got the puck was just to rifle it in because the Oilers were changing and he had just gotten on the ice. He picked it up. 
But then he kind of like paused for two seconds and like looked around and was like, whoa, I got space. And then he tried to burn or he did kind of burn wide on the defender and it ended up resulting in significant zone time for the Oilers. Like this is a guy who's now recognizing he can be an NHL player. He is an impactful NHL player. He's realizing he's better than the other team's defenseman. He can keep the puck on his stick and go around these guys and outskate them and sometimes outmuscle them. Like just watching sort of the boxes get checked in Dylan Holloway's head has been so cool to see. Yeah, he's he's come back into the lineup and feels how do I word this in the sense of feels like he belongs there now, yeah. I guess you could say, right? I feel like we've seen him get lost a little bit over this past year or so when he's played, but now it's like, no, this guy's a an NHL player, and I think the the others made a great decision of sending him back to Bakersfield for this little break and as you gain mm-hmm. some games. Unfortunately, we won't see Dylan Holloway doing any Instagram lives with Ryan McLeod and Bouchard in football <laughs> this year. But if you know, you know. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad he'll be on the ice playing on a Bakersfield team that's doing yep. very well at the moment. There's also the salary cap bonus to sending Holloway down, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, like it- I have been on a different planet for the last three days, so I'm out of the loop on many. I didn't only watch highlights of this game, Tyler. Um, oh, I have 15,000 followers on Twitter today. Big moment. Big moment. Um, but Puckpedia sent out a tweet and said, after sending Kemp down yesterday and Holloway down today, Oilers have $881,000 in projected cap space with 20 players. This can fit $2.1 million of annual cap hit today, or with no roster moves between now and then, fit $4.03 million of an annual cap hit in at the deadline. I said, that's important info. Original Posar said, yeah, but the deadline cap number doesn't really mean anything at this point. There'll be lots of transactions and Holloway will be back up in a week to start. So it's not exact math, I guess, but there is a benefit to sending Holloway down paper-wise while you're on this little break and not playing games because you want to accrue, keep accruing cap space. I am uh, deep into my Team Canada roster. Dude, focus on... You just said Connor McDavid had one or two points against the Predators. Now I know why. No, I said you're three. Tr- you're trying to decide who your seventh defense would be. Well, do it tomorrow. The right side is... Yeah, well, I want to peek at that later. Too. Tough. Enough. No. You're just on NHL.com. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I do a bit more research. I don't know if my yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go uh yell at Liam for a little bit and uh we're gonna step aside with a quick word from our friends at Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey. My family's very own whiskey. Barrel aged and set apart. Marked with VO, artfully blended, impeccably crafted as a wedding gift to my son. For the bride and groom. And now, over a century later, from our very own family to yours, a legacy rooted in whiskey. Seagram's VO, growing deeper, reaching out, raising a glass to your legacy. Seagram's VO, make it your very own. There you go, Seagram's Whiskey. I know you guys maybe don't like ads, but that's a cool ad. I like whiskey. And I like whiskey too. We're going to be dipping into the Seagram's when we're out in... uh, out in Toronto. The six. The six. 7 a.m. flight. We still going to have a Chili's beer? Well, when we go into the airport, if I wasn't going to have a Chili's beer. Fair enough. No free ads. <laughs> no free ads. Sorry, Chili's. Although my boy works at Chili's. He's always there to help us out. <laughs> how often do you go to the airport? You have a boy at Chili's. <laughs> you know how often I go to the airport. He says he watches the show and stuff. Oh, did he? Yeah, I won't know nice. his name. Oh. Shout out Chili's. I but love me, Chili's. me and BM are always chatting them up. And I'm at the airport quite a bit. You should know that. I think I'll have a Caesar. 
And I hope they come with a pepperoni, a little light snack to kick off the morning. Jack Campbell says he unfollowed <laughs> me. I'm down to $14.99. If that actually was the case, if because I, I would imagine I'm a few higher than 15. Mass unfollow at 15K. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It still says I'm at 15, so guess what? Your tactics didn't work, Jack. <laughs> nice one, Jack. Yeah, good one, Jack. Uh, let's get to our weekend recap for our friends at Greta, your go-to pre- and post-game spot, or the TV setup's legit. Maybe you need a spot to watch the big game this year. You know what I mean? Uh, Greta is your spot. Unlimited halftime or intermission entertainment with all the games as well. Food, bar, street food. It's all good at Greta. Uh, buddy, I'm sorry about your Lions. That's stunk. That was just not fun. Um, You don't want to get into it. No, we can talk. We about got it. it. So I thought they had it in the bag. <clears throat> I did too. How do I say this without sounding? I don't. I don't care that they lost, but not in the sense of like. Oh, like you obviously care. wanted them to win. You were happy. Yeah, to be I there. obviously you wanted them to, to win, but like, I we were on borrowed time. Like I'm surprised we beat the Rams. It's still a great <laughs> season. Completely honest with you. Yeah, I, and there was a lot of question marks around like Dan Campbell's decision making of like, oh, he should have just kicked the field goals and they would have won. But it's like, well, they never do that. They also, Badgley, Badgley's like 75% yeah, from 40 he's not plus even yards. That good of a kicker. And the funny thing is, is that Badgley beat out the other guy. Yeah. Like they had a different kicker for like the first 11 weeks. So, yeah, it's uh, it sucked, but it was just like poor execution from not golf, who a lot of people wanted to crap on. He's, yeah, Greg, right here in the chat. Been, uh, fantastic. Yeah, screw you, yeah, Greg. Yeah. How's your team doing? <laughs> yeah, Greg. Um, <laughs> it was just stupid things like, Josh Reynolds drops it. You know, he should if you catch that, the Lions are probably in the Super Bowl. The fumble sucks. Even like minutes before they they scored 
Williams actually scored. Like, did that one go right through his arms? It's like, you have to catch. The IU catch was insane. Yeah. And like stuff like that. It's like, okay, that's, it kind of just bounces that aren't going your way. Like they missed like two or three sacks. I don't think this team was ready to even go that far. Like I don't think they were built to, to go to the distance like that. Their window's just opening. Yeah. Like look at the guys who were making plays last night. Uh, I'm on the same, I'm on, what's his name? I'm on Ron. Yeah. That one. Uh, second year in the season. Gibbs is a rookie. Williams is a rookie. Laporte is a rookie. Like our linebackers, like, like, like Jack Campbell's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson's a second year player. Brian Branch. Okay. Yeah, they got so many guys. Like they need to upgrade their secondary so bad. But I, I whatever. I have one question for you, and then we can move on. What do you think of Dan Campbell after the game, going on the podium and saying we might never even make it back here again? Yeah, I thought. So- I was okay with it. There was a lot of people online being like, I, you can't not kick the field goal and then say that right after. No, I think that's I like the it. guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like and he played in the NFL. He knows how hard it is yeah. to get back. And I, I think that's what he meant. It's like, it's not just going to guarantee they go back, but like also look at the final four teams. They, mm-hmm. they go back quite often. Like there's not a lot of, Oh, do you hear that? Yeah. Your knee cracked Jeez. so hard, dude. Oh um, there's not a lot of, Yikes rotation in like the top teams, right? Like is it still attached? That was so loud. Yeah. Um Kansas go back every year. Mm-hmm. San Francisco been there three straight years. Like Baltimore's always a powerhouse that gets <laughs> relatively far, right? Like mm-hmm. the NFC is pretty open for Detroit to I was gonna say to go back. Yeah. Like Dallas are always gonna stumble because Mike McCarthy's terrible. Mm-hmm. Philly, who knows? Like Green Bay's obviously gonna be a challenge for them this season, but also, Detroit good. Yeah, like They're the good team. I think if you're an AFC team, you're worried year after year because it's like, Jesus Christ, how are we going to get past Mahomes? And yeah. I think the Jags are going to figure things out to some extent, and the Ravens are always going to be Bengals, good, Bills. and the Bengals are going to yeah, be healthy next year, teams. right? And the Bills, obviously, um, the NFC is way more wide open. So I think you guys will be I, back. Um, this, oh, sorry, obviously San Francisco is very good too in the NFC. Yeah, but, but outside uh, of San Francisco, it's like the one thing I was I was thinking. This was mostly a halftime, and it's not relevant now. But like, if Gothard made it back to the Super Bowl and played Mahomes, I think that becomes more of a rivalry than what Mahomes and Allen is. And like, and like, are we? Well, they played against each other in the Super Bowl before, right? Didn't they play Rams Chiefs? Was it Rams Rams played Brady? Yeah, Rams Rams played Brady. Brady. But they like when they were going at it in those Rams and Rams and Kansas teams, they were legit. That's the greatest football game I ever watched. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's interesting. Like Detroit, it would have been funny too, because the first game of the season was Detroit versus Kansas. It was, it would have been a weird end cap. Just quickly on the Super Bowl matchup now, Niners and Chiefs. Rusty said it in the chat. Like this is the one no one wanted. I got some flack on Twitter. To me, this is like if the Stanley Cup final this year was Vegas or Colorado against Tampa. It would not be fun. It would be like, meh. So what are we, what side is worth rooting for? Oh, Vegas is looking for another ring. Colorado's looking for another ring. Tampa's looking to cement themselves yeah. to the dynasty. And that's what this is for me. And that's what my tweet kind of meant. And people kind of lost their minds at it. Or some people were like, you're an idiot, blah, 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 which I, I get a lot on the internet. I'm aware of that. <laughs> um, but it's like, okay, so San Fran wins. And okay, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, leads his team to a Super Bowl. Yes. That is a cool story. I, I'm rooting for that to happen. But it's like, it would also just be like, oh yeah, this team finally did it. Like they 
This is what they were supposed to do is win a Super Bowl. They are a damn near perfectly built football team. And if Mahomes win, it's just like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs won again. And Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, he might propose to on the field. Ooh. I kind of propose. It propose. I actually oh, would love. I you love, like love. the Super Bowl. You like this matchup. I I love a good legacy story. Like I love the legacy of Mahomes of being so like this guy might be the greatest quarterback to ever play, and on his way to he already is. Look at the team he has. Um, excuse me. Oh, dude, we're forgetting somebody. No, we're not. The, He's got to do it for another fifteen years if he wants to be in my okay. Category. So the. <laughs> Offense he has, he has no wide receivers. Like he's had to basically make these guys relevant. Yeah. Kelsey's good. Kelsey's the wide receiver. But he's also had like somewhat of a down year. Like he he's might retire at the end of the year. Like, I don't know. It just felt like this team of like Mahomes was like, oh, they're not even gonna make the playoffs. And then they beat who'd they beat in round one? I can't remember. Miami. Miami. Yeah. And then they beat Buffalo. And then they beat Baltimore. Like that is, that is and on the road twice. Team. Like, yeah, I mean, I respect the run he's on. I just don't think he's particularly likable. So, uh, also one other thing, there's a video of Mahomes like moving Justin Tucker's thing. Moving? You mean kicking? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You play on your half of the field. They are warming up. They are on their Kansas City Chiefs side of warm up. No, but that's get the thing in out. football is they share the field for warm ups. Well, kinda. get out of the way. Sorry, Justin Tucker, we do not want you to practice kicking 65-yard field goals, which could decide no, the game. Lame take. No, Mahomes move out of the way. Pick. Practice in the morning, buddy, when no one's on the field. No, ever since Mahomes did that stuff with Allen after the Bills beat them in the regular season. What did he do? And he came up down and was like, in his Kermit voice, <laughs> offensive offsides. I've never even seen that, that was before. That's the worst call I've ever seen. the worst call ever. Oh, and yeah, Allen was like, okay. And then Mahomes went and like, cried. And it was like, Jesus Christ, dude, you've gotten like every call your entire career and the one time you don't is the time you're like going you can't be a big enough man to go shake hands with the guy that at was, center and just say yeah. good game that He's was lame but also i just think there's so many missed calls in football every single game and yeah. some of them just get amplified on yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's get back to the hockey yeah, talk yeah. let's get back to the hockey talk there's a weekend uh, recap for our friends at Greta. uh we have a short for giant question liam and it yeah. stems from an article i wrote over the weekend um Sherwood Ford giant question for our friends at SherwoodFord.ca. One of the best parts about using Sherwood Ford is the mobile service department. You give them a ring like I do with the nation truck. I say, hey, I need an oil change, but I'm so busy at work. I can't get out to the dealership. They say, you don't worry about that. You're Sherwood Ford, the giant customer. We come to you. The mobile service van comes to you, does everything, and you don't even have to worry about it. You just got to, here's the keys, guys. All right, thanks. I was going to say park there. Perfect. We're good. They also do valet service. Plenty of reasons why Sherwood Ford, the giant, should be your next dealership. I wrote an article about the idea of upgrading Cody CC, and I want to explain my thoughts because I'm a better speaker than I am a writer. I want to explain my thoughts a little bit on this whole thing because the title of the piece was the Edmonton Oilers finding an upgrade on Cody CC harder than you think. And are there better defensemen than Cody CC out there on the market right now? Yeah, there are. I think Chris Tanev is better than Cody CC. I think Sean Walker can do exactly what Cody CC has been doing for the last number of years for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm just going through Frank's list. Jacob Chikrin plays the wrong side. I think Alex Carrier is a guy who could, could give you similar to what Cody CC's given you or whatever, right? Like you could take a chance on him. There are a couple of names. Those three, I think are it's Carrier, it's Walker and it's Tanev. 
Those three could give you what Cody CeCe's given you. I think they're very similar. They're defensemen who you'd love as a five, six, seven, but you'd recognize it as playing above their heads otherwise. And I know Sean Walker is having an unbelievable bounce back season. This guy was offered to all 31 teams. Our feet touched again. This guy was offered to all 31 NHL teams over the summer for nothing. And last year at the deadline, it was more of the same. He's been offered for nothing in the last 12 months and nobody wanted him. And because he had a good three and a half months stretch here, a good three and a half month stretch with the Philadelphia Flyers, all of a sudden people are ready to chuck Cody CC to the curb, give up a second round pick and a prospect for three months of Sean Walker. And all I wanted to outline in the piece is that, yes, okay, there might be players out there who are just as good as Cody CC, if not better than Cody CC. Okay. Fully recognizing that. But is it worth giving up the second round pick and taking the risk that this player you bring in works with Darnell Nurse? I I think there's risk in that. And my only point that I really wanted to hammer home with this was just if there is an Ekholm-esque upgrade out there on the right side, you 1000% make it your priority and you do it and you say, Cody, you were a good oiler for the last number of years. We appreciate everything you gave us. But we need to make a business decision and get a big, big upgrade to the right side. I'm not interested in doing this second round pick and a prospect and CC for Sean Walker because he might be a little bit better. And yeah, someone's going to send me the effing J fresh chart that has a green 78% next to it. And then they're going to send me Cody CC's and be like, hey, you're M. Chuck, you moron. Look at this chart. Sure. Call me a moron. But, and I know people also say, oh, well, Bouchard and Ekholm are the top pairing. So you're not looking for a top. Cody Cece plays like north of 20 minutes a night on a consistent basis with Darnell Nurse. And yes, if, if you look at the numbers, Bouchard and Ekholm take on tougher assignments. But that's not to say Cody Cece gets to skate by and never plays tough minutes. He's averaging 20 minutes and 13 seconds time on ice per game this season. He handles tough assignments. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to trade away Cody Cece, who I know works here, and a second round pick and a prospect to go get Sean Walker and say, well, I hope this fits. It's a hope play. And I'm not doing hope plays. If I'm making a move on the blue line and disrupting a blue line that won you a playoff round last year, that has just won you 16 consecutive hockey games in the regular season, I'm only disrupting that if there is a slam dunk impact top pairing guy available like you got with that comb. I am not disrupting all of that for Sean Walker. If you can get Sean Walker for a third and you can, sorry, I'm being long on this. I'm not giving you a chance to talk, but I'm just a little, I'm on, I'm on a roll here, Liam. I'm on a roll. He's cooking. If Sean Walker costs you a third round pick and you can slide him in and say, Hey, he's the Vinny upgrade and Vinny's our seven. I love that. I love the idea. I think Sean Walker can help you win. I don't know if Sean Walker plus a second, no CC, which might be the cost here to do this thing. I don't know if that's all worth it for just this, just for a, for, I won't, okay, I won't even do this. Even if you think it's a, this kind of upgrade, not a, this upgrade, I don't know if that's worth it. So again, Sean Walker was a castaway four months ago and you want him to be playing 22 minutes a night in the playoffs. I, I don't know. And I'm not a Cody CC fan. I think you look to upgrade that spot, but you got to find something better than Sean Walker. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> If you're only moving the needle slightly, then 
is it worth it? Is a juice worth the squeeze for something that you don't a hundred percent know if it's going to work or not. Right. Like Sean Walker could quickly just turn back into what he was like. Didn't the LA Kings were they healthy scratched him in the playoffs against the others. Yeah. I just don't think that's worth it at all. And I, I completely agree. And I can see the frustration with CC when people watch him for sure. Like by no means is this guy perfect, but also I don't watch the games and maybe I'm just not watching close enough, but I just don't stand there and be like, Holy smokes, Cody CC again. You know, like these errors aren't like blatant mistakes. And like maybe they just these, I don't even know what half these graphs even evaluate, to be honest, for some of the things. Some of them are green, some of them are red. And I think there's a lot of assumption that that means good and bad. Like it's sometimes you got to play the game too. And there's stuff within those, those analytics that isn't compacted into it. And one of them is chemistry. And an understanding of how you play with somebody and within everything, right? So I think CC's been good this season. I think he's been better than what he was maybe last year. Is he perfect? By no means. But like the others can't just go out there and be like, hey, Sean Walker, congratulations. You're our new number five. Here is your top pair in role with Donnell Nurse. Uh, hopefully this works. They they need to find like their at home. I don't even know who that would be. Maybe that's another PowerPoint I can put together, but. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I don't right now that that kind of player is not available. There's not a right shot Matthias Ekholm impact esque kind of player on the market. I, I just think another layer to this too is the others have holes in their forward group that need to be upgraded, and I just don't think that finding someone to change out Cody CC is number one or number two on the list. And Canada oh, said, three. you know, every little bit like matters and makes a difference, and sure. I agree with you. But again, you have a finite amount of resources to move at this deadline if you're the Oilers. Do you want to use them on getting that little bit extra of, of an upgrade on Cody CC, Or do you go out there, find the seventh defenseman that you can just add into this mix, give yourself a layer of depth, yeah. and do you go spend the big asset on Tyler Toffoli or insert scoring right winger here? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think adding a top six right winger to this group doesn't have this kind of an upgrade. For people listening on podcasts, my fingers are very close together. Almost touching. Almost touching. Tyler Toffoli doesn't make that little of an upgrade. He makes this kind of an upgrade to the team. And if I'm spending significant assets on a rental, I want this kind of an upgrade. And I want a guy to come in without losing anything out the door as well. Uh, Naeem said, what position on the roster is more is more than upgrading CC? What, Canada what said, defense, what did Canada say? He said, uh, I was agreeing with you. That was a penis joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so continue back to uh, Naeem. Then went on to say, when our defense has let us down the last couple of years. Well, I don't think the defense has let us down the last couple of years. I think you look at the Colorado series and oh, that, they were never going to win that series. Also, they did, they lose to Ve- did they lose to Vegas? That's what I was going to say. The next year, Hyman... Nuge and Kane just didn't do anything in the playoffs. Like what, how is that on the defense? Like it doesn't matter if Vegas is scoring four a night, if the others are only scoring one, you know, at the end of the day, like sure. Like the defense could have been better. Maybe the defense could have allowed three, but if your offense isn't doing anything else to help you as well, like the thing is like your defense, isn't just your blue line. It's also about like having the puck and having zone time in the offensive zone against Vegas. They didn't do that for enough moments throughout that series. And I think having guys like Toffoli, for example, or you get a better fourth-line player to control the puck a little bit more. Like, Mm -hmm. that is going to help guys like Cody Ceci and just relieve stuff from the blue line. If you, like, it's the most common saying ever, but like, 
offense is the best defense. Yeah. I think it's a pretty simple recipe. They can upgrade him. Hey, Get, no one's saying that saying Cody CC is untouchable because mm-hmm. that would I, be wrong. Far I, from it. But they need to find someone who's like clear of mm-hmm. him. And again, Someone yesterday was like, I watched Cody CC get caved every game in the playoffs yet last year. Sure. Yeah. When he was on the ice last year in the playoffs at five on five, the Oilers got outscored 10 to six. The Corsi was 43.89%. The shots were 45.7%. Like not great numbers at all. Year before that, they marched their way to the conference finals. And with CC on the ice, they outscored the other team 18 to 17 at five on five. So players are also allowed to have bad years. And this is something I did a lot on Blue Jays Nation radio. When people were complaining about Vladdy and Bichette, Bichette would have been two years ago. Last year was Vladdy. And it's like, you know, like when you look at a player's career, 18 to 20 years, if they're incredibly fortunate and all likelihood, 12 to 15 years for a guy like CeCe, probably, right? They're going to be perfect. Yeah. When you look at his career, you're going to be able to go five or six years, you were great. Four years, five years, you were average. Two or three years, you had down years, you had bad seasons. Things didn't go your way. The first year Cody Cece was here, we all loved him. Yeah. He was a really good addition. He was also well, injured last year. He was injured. And he didn't have a good season last year. I'm not trying to like, again, I don't think Cody Cece has to, needs protecting. And I think, I think he's had a bounce back season. And is he a legit top pairing defenseman? No, I'm not. I'm never going to sit and try to convince someone that he is. But he's been to an extent slotted into that position for two seasons now and at 3.25 million dollars like maybe we need to sit here and also recognize the value he's given the oilers yeah it's not a guy you're paying five to six million bucks to play in that role that's a guy you're paying for number four number five defenseman money and he's giving you a lot more than that so canada jose brios yeah man he was junk looked like he was never going to be a major league pitcher again and then Starting playoff games, getting yanked too early, but he was starting playoff games for the Blue Jays, right? Different sport, I know. But guy, oh god, now I just got myself all yeah, irritated about that? the Jays again. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but the point is, like, I am not a Cody CC diehard. I am just trying to say, if you're gonna make that upgrade, mess with the chemistry of this team, subtract a guy from the locker room, mess with the pairing that's now comfortable together and has been playing together game after game for over a calendar year. They've played like 2,200 minutes together at five on five for the last couple of seasons. If you're going to disrupt that, it's not for Sean Walker. It's for a damn good top pairing defenseman. Who that is, only time will tell. Indeed, Liam. Someone uh, kept saying Mario Ferraro. I don't know a lot about him, but I know he's on the shocks and they suck. Yeah. So sometimes, too, like, just a, on that layer of things, like taking a guy from a really bad team who plays top pairing minutes. He's maybe not playing those top pair of minutes because he's good. And more yeah. of like the fact that like they don't have anyone else. And I'm not, I'm not saying Ferraro's bad. He's probably a top four defenseman in the NHL. But like, I don't think that's just like a clear cut one for one kind of thing. He's only 25 though. We'll see. Riley says, I don't know. He's definitely an undeserved whipping boy, but I personally see Walker as an upgrade. That's and yeah, fine. like the same, same thing to Walker. Like Guys can have bad seasons. He had a bad season last year. Wasn't healthy. Couldn't get any momentum going. He's now back playing regular minutes this year and looking like the guy LA probably thought he would be three years ago when he was coming up, right? I agree. Sean Walker would be a nice add to this blue line with the price that Philly's probably going to get for him and the fact I had to move out CC in the process. If you can get Walker without moving CC, sign me up. Seven days a week. I'm in. Let's do it. Find a way to make it happen. If all he costs you is a third round pick and Marcus Niemalainen, like 
Hell yeah. If it's a second and throw a prospect from the blue line in there, Warner and CC, because that's what the market's setting, then no, I'm not touching it. And right now, I think it could be trending towards a second and CC plus. And I'm not touching that. I'm just not. I'm sorry. I don't think he's that significant of an upgrade. I'll spend those assets somewhere where the impacts felt a little bit more. Uh, we need to move along on the show. Uh, tomorrow, Frank Saravalli will be in on the or on the Star Mechanical guest line. So we will have our insider for the week, Frank. Then when we're out in Toronto, the Star Mechanical guest line, it's going to be rocking, I think, maybe. I know. We shouldn't be hyping things up. Anyway. So what? When we're in the six. Liam's dialed in today. I'm reading these <laughs> comments. Uh, Mario Ferraro's a lefty. Oh, so we're good. Unless you I can... I don't care that he plays on the right. He's a left-handed shot. Like, I don't know. It just seems... Not a perfect fit. Yeah, it's just not an upgrade. And again, you can sit there. Like, NHL GMs, part of the job is to look at a player available and say, okay, is it a good player? Yes or no. Is it a good fit? Yes or no. Yeah. And like, I like the player of Sean Walker. I don't know if he is the top is a great fit here right now. I, I like uh, Mario Ferraro 3.25 for two more seasons, but he's a left shot. He's not a great fit here. Uh, okay, let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and use the promo code nation 25. If you want to get in on that deal, maybe you want to double dash something, Liam, you've been traveling a lot. I've been. Maybe the misses is, Needing some quality time. Maybe you just pick a good movie tonight as you do. Order a little DoorDash. Use the Double Dash feature. Get her her favorites. Get you your favorites. Maybe just a nice night in. No cooking, no dishes, just quality time together. That would be lovely. And uh, I am owed a pizza. By who? Andrew. Um, my girlfriend. I don't know why. <laughs> we say their names yeah, enough. I don't yeah. know if I actually do ever say a name, but either way. Um, you do. She yeah, was supposed to pick me up from the airport last night. And I got a text oh, yeah. halfway through that was my flight, which I obviously didn't receive until I landed. I'm not crazy. I don't want the plane to crash. Um, being like, hey, I am going to set alarms. And I'll wake up and I'll come get you. And I just laughed at the text message when I got it. And I looked at her location on my phone. It was like our address. I'm like, right on. <laughs> so I Ubered home last night. So she, and I got home and she was sleeping. And I woke her up and she just goes, oh, no. <laughs> also, you got me in trouble. Ooh, You ooh. got me in trouble for a, a fib. Well, your girlfriend asked my girlfriend when we're getting married. So <laughs> well, she's not the first person. To Propose. So anyway, no charm diamond. when we did our show the other day. Oh, no. What did I say? We I had so many a, booster juices during that. You made a joke about how. um I came over to you and said, we have to sabotage this friendship. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Which never occurred. Oh, no, that never occurred. <laughs> and Andrea watched the show and she goes, so you didn't like that me and Amber were friends. I was like, what are you talking about? Quite the opposite. We <laughs> love it. She literally just showed me the clip of you saying that and me playing along with it. And I'm like, that is a that is a lie. That's a bit, Andrea. There's a difference between real life and bits. <laughs> yes. So, They're not allowed to watch the show. So that happened. We did joke in the cabin. We were like, we spend too much time together as is. We can't let double dates be creeping into this thing. I do you remember that part? But it was a joke. And you said it. You were, 
You ignited that conversation, not me. Eh, depends who you ask. I'm. I was there. It was me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. But your menu for DoorDash, New Nation, real life dropping today. Should be yeah, fun. Chris day. Chalmers is on the path of brushing his teeth every day for the rest of the calendar year. What? Big, big revelation in that front. <laughs> uh, so that'll be coming up on real life. No pre-gaming for like two weeks. So I don't know what the hell Aaron's doing. I'm hanging out. Hanging out behind the it's scenes. Like that Beatles, you think? What are you doing? Just chilling. Just chilling, bro. Just got 10 days of chilling. I'll miss you all, but I, I welcome the break big time. Yeah. It is the mindset of like, I miss the Oilers because I like watching the hockey games and I'm an Oilers fan. Mm-hmm. Also, no pregame shows for like 10 days. I mean, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. That's not bad. Just hanging around. Just hanging around. Um, <laughs> which also means no Betway game day betting challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, we do have to wrap up the show here today. But- Frank tomorrow, rumor roundup tomorrow for Douglas mattresses. Frank on the Star Mechanical guest line. What later? I got my Douglas mattress. I got to put it up. But it's at my house. Okay. Also, Review thing coming. Um, send me your rosters. Yeah. For your Team Canada stuff. Olympic content coming tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am close on mine. I need some defensemen still. Edging on completion of your Olympic roster. Yeah. Goaltending is going to be interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Looking back at it, I'll give you a little tease. This is my, these are my, my sentiments. Oh, you're giving it away? Well, yeah, I mean, that's giving it away. No, three of them are completely obvious. Fair enough. Just to give you a teaser where my head's at. Connor McDavid. So this is my middle. Connor what? McDavid, obviously. Great. Nathan McKinnon. Nate Dahl. And this is if it was like coming up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this season. Right now. Steve, uh, Steve. Sidney Crosby. I might go with Bo Horvat. You're an insane man. I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am an insane man. A fourth line center, Bo Holbeck. All right, no that. Olympic rosters tomorrow. Now, <laughs> all right, that's a wrap. You got a, you got footy tonight. I see Greg putting that in the chat. What did Greg? Greg said you're going to score six goals tonight. I scored a belter the other day. It was it was good. Finally, have a game that isn't at ten o'clock at night. Oh, I play nine thirty at Terwilliger oh, tonight. My goodness. Oh. Uh, is a belter a up. soccer term? What did you just oh, say? Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good goal. Before we go quickly, I'm gonna go on and see if we have any reviews. Dude, we gotta wrap up. We no, do reviews tomorrow. I, I just need to say we haven't got one. <laughs> oh no, we have three. Um, you can leave them on Apple Podcasts. Yes, go send us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh, we have a lot actually. The Sergeant oh, no. Battle sent one. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Hardy Stew Lover. Papa Belanger. Papa Belanger. Uh, <laughs> again, a lot of praise. We said we're not. It's one o'clock. We have a guest showing up at the studio. We got to go. Again, a lot of praise. I'll leave your reviews for Tyler. I, I, man, <laughs> I embrace the hate. You know that. You know that. Okay. We are wrapping this bad boy up. Big shout out to Sports Closet. As always, we're live from the Sports Closet studio, the Charm Diamond Center's YouTube chat, Seagram's Whiskey. The weekend recap for Greta, Short Ford for the Giant Question, Star Mechanical Guest Line, Douglas Mattress, DoorDash, and Betway. That's a wrap on Oilers Nation every day. Back tomorrow. What time? 1201 Mountain. See you then. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com.